listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode 307 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple of intense YA backlist titles that I love. So hello, I have a couple of great books to tell you about today, of course. Before we do that, let's see what's going on. It's a beautiful day here in Maine, which is nice. It's probably the warmest day we've had so far this year. And my husband has me watching The Chase, which is a like game show where you have to test your trivia knowledge against this man they call the Beast who's from England and has like a IQ of 157. I hate it. <laughs> I hate all the flashing lights and the waiting and the commercial breaks and... I don't like all the posturing and the insults, but I love the trivia part. I love learning things and also surprising myself by actually knowing some of the answers. So that part is fun. So the first two seasons are streaming on Netflix. And from what I understand, it's also just on regular cable, which I do not have. But maybe they'll put some more seasons up because I'm going to continue to hate watch this show. So now I'm going to tell you about books. Uh, Actually, no, that's a lie. Now we're going to hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Okay, now I'm going to tell you about books. Today, I chose a couple of books that are related to authors who have new books out this week on April 20th, which is when I'm recording this. 
The first one of those is Vengeance Road by Erin Bowman. She has a new book out today called Dustborn. Uh, she's got a lot of books. She had The Girl in the Garden that came out. I would have sworn it just came out a couple months ago, but it was actually like last summer. And she, a whole bunch of series. This is my favorite one of hers, though, because it's set during my favorite time period, which is post-Civil War Wild West. This is set in 1877 in Arizona Territory. It's about a young woman named Kate. She's 18. She lives on a farm with her father. And one day, some men show up and torture and murder her father and ride off. And she she's hiding from what's happening. And she decides, you know, when she, she wants vengeance now. Like, she's mad about what happened. She realizes that his journal is also missing. And she's going to go after these guys. So she disguises herself as a boy. And is, like, gonna true grit it. She's gonna go out and, and find these men. She's gonna hunt his killers. He also, her father also left her behind a letter in case something ever happened to him. He told her to go see his friend Abe. And he would tell her more about what's going on. You know, why this might have happened. And so she sets out on the road. And she goes to Abe's house. She finds out that her father knew the location of a hidden gold mine. And that's probably why he was killed. And she also meets a couple of brothers who tell her that they had told her father that they would watch out for her. Of course, at this point, they think that she's Nate. So they said, you know, you're, we told your father we'd take care of you. So she kind of begrudgingly lets them sort of tag along. But really, she just wants to get these men. Like, this is, this is a book about vengeance. I mean, it's hella violent. Kate is really good with a gun, and she uses it. And... I, I like it because she has no room for forgiveness in her heart. It's not like, well, this happened. Like She's like, I'm going to go find these men, and I'm going to take care of them myself. There are shootouts and more murders and all kinds of wild stuff happens, and I, I absolutely love it. There's also a companion novel that came out after this called Retribution Rails, but this one is Vengeance Road by Aaron Bowman. The other book I'm going to talk about today is The Silence of Bones by June Her. She has a book out today, or this week, I should say, called The Forest of Stolen Girls, which I have not read yet, but Tears are talked about on this week's show, uh, and I look forward to reading. But I really, really like this one. This is one of the most intense, atmospheric, YA, historical mystery novels I've ever read. That's a lot of, a lot of adjectives. But it's so good. It's set in Korea in the early 1800s, and it's about a young woman named Sewell. I think she's 16. Uh, and she is indentured to the police bureau. And she's told that she has to assist this young inspector with the investigation uh, into a politically charged murder of a noblewoman. Like, that he wants her to help him figure this out. And so she's like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And as they start to investigate, they kind of have a friendship that grows between them. They kind of grow, grow pretty close. But then everything comes crashing down because guess who becomes the prime suspect in the case? <gasps> the inspector. So now Sul has to figure it out on her own because what if it's him? It's so good. I love YA mysteries. I feel like we need more of them. I used to read all those Christopher Pikes and Lois Duncans when I was a kid. I was thinking about killing Mr. Griffin this morning. Uh, the title of the book, not an actual thing that I was thinking about doing. And I was like, that book was was really, really dark. I think I read it when I was like nine. And I was like, yeah, put your teacher down a hole. You know, it was just like, no, oh, these are just the things that you read when you're a teenager. Uh, of course, I wasn't a teenager when I read it. but And I just, I love dark 
YA stories. And this is one of the best. And it's so atmospheric. But again, it is incredibly dark. June Her is a remarkable storyteller. Her writing is so compelling. Her characters are compelling. I really felt for Sewell in her life. You know, she felt like she had to do this job, you know, and she did it to the best of her abilities. She did a great job. But it's it's a very hard book. It's got violence, murder, misogyny. There is animal abuse, mentions of suicide, a whole bunch of other things that I'm probably not remembering because it's been a few years since I read it. But um, so just, you know, take it easy when you go into it, knowing that a lot of these things are going to occur. But it's so good. It is The Silence of Bones by June Her. And for my dealer's choice today, I thought I would tell you about a book that I just started reading this morning. I'm about a quarter of the way into it. And if you like Tom Parada, if you like Celeste Ng, it has that kind of, even like, it's a little bit like Big Little Lies feel. It's about these couples in Connecticut and their lives are not going as they would like them. Uh, One of them is a couple where the husband has been secretly going to doomsday prepper meetings behind his wife's back. He has a room full of guns in the basement that we find out about in the first chapter that she doesn't know is there. And he's pretty angry about everything. His parents have passed away and he thought he was getting a, a big inheritance and instead they left it to the young Republicans. And he just is really unhappy. His wife has just discovered, well, not just discovered, but she discovered that she has a lump in her breast, but she's been putting it off and putting it off until she couldn't ignore it any longer. And she finally called her ex-boyfriend, who is now an oncologist, and so now she's visiting with him. There's another couple who take their child to a very experimental school and all the weirdness that goes on around that. There is another woman who has sons. She has several sons, but she wants to have a daughter, uh, but she's been unable to get pregnant again, and and the doctors have told her that she needs to stop trying, but she doesn't want to because she wants a daughter, and she's kind of sad because she wants a baby so badly. Uh, She started cleaning. She's become, like, super obsessive about cleaning everything, and where I just left off, she had just received a note from the school that there had been a lice outbreak uh, at her child's school, so... I can't wait to see how she handles that. So there are lots of trigger warnings, I'm sure, that will be coming for this book. But uh, like I said, I've only made it a quarter of the way into it. But it is really good. It's coming out in October. It is called The Pessimists by Bethany Ball. So you should mark that down now. There's also another great book sort of like this, but more about apocalypse, electricity going out, sort of end of the world, called Lights Out in Lincolnwood. Uh, the author's name I am now forgetting, of course, because I wasn't expecting to to say it out loud. Let's see if I can find it right here for you. Uh, it's Jeffrey Rodkey. Uh, I really enjoyed that one, too. That one comes out in July. Um, so those are the books that I'm going to talk about today. And now I'm going to go read more books and look for woodchucks. And that's it for us. So thank you to our sponsor. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you out there who have already done this. There have been so many great new reviews. If you want to talk about books or see pictures of my books or my cats, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty or on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. 
I'll be back on Tuesday to tell you about the week's great new releases. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. Have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading. Thank you.